Welcome back to Upper 90. I am Justin, of course, here with Aubby as usual, and today we are here to dissect this USA-Wales game, of course, explain why the US couldn't find the win in this game. Uh, it was really a game of two halves, but we have to bring out the tactics board for this one. Um, we got uh, a nice whiteboard for us. We got the US in blue, of course, and the Wales in black. This is just a little starter for us because this is how the teams started today, right? Of course, um, I'll, I'll put the uh, lineups on the screen for you. you can see who the players but this is the positioning of course us in their 4-3-3 as usual and wales coming out in this 3-4-3 um but i in the first half it looked much more like a 5-3-2 from wales right with yeah. these uh full backs dropping or these wing backs dropping in um and becoming deeper in here uh and basically becoming a back five here like this right uh, and then these two midfielders will drop in here, and these three will kind of become their outlet, uh, if we can see that, these front three, um, with Gareth Bale being the head. Uh, so what were your thoughts on this first half, right? Because we saw that the U.S. pushed higher um, and you know got into there and forced Wales back into that 5-3-2. Uh, mm -hmm. What were you thinking there early um, on for the U.S.? I mean, as for... Wells, it was kind of what you expected out of them to mm -hmm. sit back and that's mostly going to be their game plan this entire tournament is sitting back causing teams to try and push mm -hmm. to actually score on them right. just frustrating them with that defense and then if they can take the ball away send it up to up top to dan james and gareth bell sprinting down the sides mm -hmm. and try to create something from it so pretty straightforward there kind of what you expected and yep. the u.s looked at times like they didn't really know how to play against it almost we mm. saw like seven players pretty much sitting along this back five right that wells had and when you have that kind of shallow line you're not creating this you know these shapes to break down a team where you get the ball to one player on that line he doesn't have any options because they're all along that line so there wasn't any depth to this side on attack, mm -hmm. and so it really hurt them early on. I think we noticed, we both noticed that Tim Weah was the solution pretty early on yeah, down that right, right side. side yeah. um, just because he could get the ball in over the top, bring it down with one touch, cause some problems and be that dynamic on that wing, especially with McKinney moving the defenders around with actual runs and Des being able to progress the ball up. Mm -hmm. on that side um so yeah he was pretty dangerous and yeah it was, it was walker somebody i think it was walker played that ball into him uh with with that touchdown but as you were mentioning uh going moving forward the u.s were having some problem problems um finding a way through wales and i think that's what we can get into now late mid to later in that first half right um we saw often like like a two three five almost from uh, the USMNT. So we saw these uh, fullbacks here really getting far forward as well as these wingers. Um, and so basically what we saw is these wingers were up here pushing these fullbacks all the way back in here. These fullbacks would come back in here because here are the strikers. Um, and then we had uh, one midfielder would push uh, and then we would generally have two midfielders stay. And so this created, as Aubie was saying, basically, you know, 
six or seven guys on their back line, but then they would kind of line up. This isn't coming out the best, but... Um, yeah, obviously, it's it's more smashed together than this, where these players are coming and standing right along this line, and if you freeze frame it at any point, you'll just see a straight line of white shirts just sitting there while we pass it between our center backs. Right, so it often looked like, uh, pretty similar to what Arsenal were doing, as, as I was mentioning to you during the game, is they play in this almost 2-3-5, where this player will be right here, and they have the two center backs, and then you have the three and five, and it became it makes it easy to play, you know, triangles, play intricate passes, and get in behind, and then cross the ball in behind the back line, which I think uh, the U.S. were trying to do a lot in that first half. Um, and that's been one of the problems with this U.S. side is they've almost tried to be a wannabe city Arsenal type of system, mm -hmm, right? Without the actual dynamic tactics of a system, and you could even argue that's really hard to pull off at a national team level where you're not training day in, day out. We saw how long it took Arsenal to adapt to this and look good like they do this year. Right. And so Greg trying to force this system with players that either don't fit it mm -hmm. or tactics that just let it down and don't give it the actual depth it needs, it, it really made us look static for a while. Right, and I think that's a great point you bring up, just trying to clean this up uh, a little bit uh, from the mess I made. But... Yeah, as you were saying, um, that we had to figure out a way to get through because the, it's an advanced system, and if you're not finding ways through, then, then that becomes the problem. I think we saw uh, Anthony Robinson bombing up this left uh, later on in the first half, and then Musa, generally this midfielder right here, would come over and fill that gap, but it's still not getting enough players forward. Mm -hmm. And then I think what we were both saying to each other was Christian Pulisic, this left-sided winger needs to come and drop into these uh, half spaces, what we call this half space, but this is the half space right here, and the gaps in between, I think Wales were leaving a large gap between their back line and their midfielders right here. This midfield two, uh, or really it was a four, but it became a back five and a two, right? Um, so it th there was this gap here. So Christian would drop basically where that circle is right here, and get on the ball, and that allowed him to maybe connect with the midfielders, connect with Anthony Robinson, and uh, I think that's how we saw uh, the U.S. get their first goal with Josh Sargent also dropping deeper, right? Jedi won the header. Uh, it came to the feet of Pulisic, who was dropping deeper. Uh, he dropped it off. I think it was to uh, one of the midfielders, Musa or, or McKinney. I'm not sure who it was uh, in here, but it was just a little intricate play here. Sargent dropped deeper, got the ball, played it into the path of Christian, who then had dropped and then immediately turned to make the straight direct run. And I think that is what we needed to see more um, from the United States is this direct uh, attacking play where it's very vertical, it's very direct, and it involves not only your winger, but your striker, who we know Josh Sargent isn't a Haji Wright, who we saw later on. He is a player who likes to get involved in the link-up play. And so when he drops deeper and get in, gets involved, uh, he sends Christian Pulisic through, and Timmy Weah is alone now here, coming streaking off of this right wing. Pulisic plays it right through the center backs. Tim Weah comes in there and scores the opening goal for the U.S. What did you see on that opening goal, Abby? I mean, it's exactly what the opposite of that line right across the back line is where you have players dropping in, and now you have depth to play off of. There were at least two bounce passes on that mm -hmm. play, some coming off of headers, of course, but you're actually pulling players when you're doing that. When you're playing up and down, you're breaking those lines that they have the shape implemented where exactly. we're going to shut you down. All of a sudden, you start pulling them across each other, 
that completely breaks down their defense and it makes you a lot more dynamic instead of just standing there waiting for a center back to play a ball up into seven players. Right. You're combining and it's opening up spaces and Wea was able to run through and it's what he does. What's yeah. he, what he's done for Lil when he's looked good there is just getting through and having that finishing touch. So it was exactly the kind of goal we needed and you know it was uh tim Wea's goal was his fourth for the usmnt and it says that uh four of the last five world cup goals scored by americans were one of the players first four goals for the team yeah so, so it's all those new john players Burks, yeah. his first Wish Jermaine here, Jones, by the way. his third yeah. julian green of oh. course his first coming on in extra time against belgium yeah and then Tim Wea, of course, barely with his fourth, so it shows you like this U.S. team has been changing right. a lot, and so these fresh legs are able to come in and provide. Right. Him. No, I, I think that's exactly what you're saying. Uh, that often is the case, though, right? When you when a team is playing a back three or a back five, however you want to look at it, mm-hmm. it's about those pulling those center backs out of position. Often that is your your nine or even your wingers, as we were just saying, making those dropping deep runs, um, and so that worked really well, I think for the U.S. Uh, in the first half. Um, uh, yeah, but but in the second half, we can we can go to the second half, I think there was a, a little bit of a change, or uh, definitely some changes, um, but first a substitution, obviously, for Wales. We saw uh, Dan James come off for Kiefer Moore, right? So Dan James uh, is a very pacey uh, winger slash forward. He, he and Bale were switching uh, between these two positions, basically, um, because Bale's technically that forward and James is technically on the wing, but, you know, you, it switches. Uh, and then Kiefer Moore, of course, is the striker. So when he goes up there, Bale goes on the wing. And so it's a much different uh, opposition for the U.S. and an idea to face a six foot five Kiefer Moore than a pacey Dan James. They pose a very different threat, uh, obviously. And so in the second half, I think Wales took advantage of that uh, very quickly and started playing uh, extremely direct, trying to, any any chance they had, whether it be a throw-in, they'll take a long throw, they'll uh, cross it whenever they have the opportunity, obvious, obviously off of set pieces, wherever mm-hmm. the opportunity came for them, they would go extremely direct right into the box, and that posed uh, more of an issue for the center backs for the U.S., and they had more to deal with. What did you see early on in that second half, obviously? Well, it was really just the U.S., what the U.S. had struggled with was adaptability. Mm. When we're able to play our game... Because of Greg Berhalter. Right, exactly. Right, okay. But when we're able to play the game that Greg wants to play, mm-hmm. and the other team allows us to do that, we look really good. Right. That's why we've looked really good at home. But when the other team kind of starts setting a play style that doesn't fit us, yeah. Berhalter never changes anything. He doesn't adapt anything. So when Bells started... Or Wells... Yeah. It basically is Bells, but same thing. Wells, uh, Bales, I like started, I, Bales, uh, I like it. I like it. I mean, <laughs> hey, he he took them there, and now he, as we'll get to in a minute. But yeah, go ahead. But when they they had this direct style of play, it was just something they should have done from the start, really. Yeah, uh, I really I agree. Back, and the U.S. wasn't ready for it, and mm. there was never any change that addressed it either. Mm. Is because it's we're not set up to deal with that kind of direct no. style of play. Right. And so it was kind of surprising to see Wells wait until they were, you know, down facing, mm-hmm. you know, an opening limit. loss in the a, tournament in a big to yeah. take a chance on testing Walker Zimmerman and Tim Ream, who are both 
error prone mm -hmm. and so and i mean you even have Serginho dest who has had his fair share of defensive right. errors anthony robinson is probably the only one in that back line that doesn't have quite as many errors even though he's had some right right and so it was kind of shocking to see him wait that long and as soon as they do it starts to break down for the U.S. and they right. don't even look as good on the attack anymore. Right, of course. Well, it's 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 also a momentum thing, I think. And a lot of times we'll, we'll look at all these tactics and we'll forget momentum is, is a big part of this game, right? It, it happens when these fullbacks push forward and it really does become a back three um, with with Wales having momentum. They start pushing, they, they push all these players forward, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players forward, leaving that back three. Uh, and it pins the United States in. So even when they're trying to break, they have two or three players, uh, two or three of these front three here, trying to break. And so the U.S., look, don't get me wrong, they created some chances on the counterattack uh, a couple times, but it was much better for Wales. And as you say, if they would have just done that from the start, put a little bit more faith in themselves, honestly, mm -hmm. right, that could have... Um, in the start i also think you know weston started to get a little tired then musa maybe a little bit later on uh, got a little bit gassed and so that made it a little bit more difficult for the u.s to contain the midfield um but the directness uh, of wales really worked out and as you say uh they can attack the error prone center backs of the united states um and that is exactly what happened and we're not just looking back on it look saying it's error prone of course Abby tweeted this out before the game, said, this is what worries yeah, my, me the most, right? My, my pregame thoughts were, one, that Cameron Carter-Vickers was sitting on the bench when he's had a pretty good season, and I would say that he's our least error-prone center back mm -hmm. available. And then you also have Gio and Brendan sitting on the bench, which normally, you know, you're going to have to make sacrifice on the attack, but those are two of our most creative players. Right, and Gio Going against off. the low-block team, how would they play it in the first half? So. Yeah. No, it's, it's a great point. But I say that to say, uh, follow us on Twitter, follow us on, on our social media, because uh, you'll get the keys to the game ahead of time, um, because that, that ended up being the key, right? Yeah. Uh, a ball just into Gareth Bale. Uh, he he's sat, sits right here uh, against the center back, uh, Walker Zimmerman, and he just takes the ball on his back, facing not facing goal, facing away from goal, and Walker Zimmerman just decides to go right through him, uh, through his legs, make the challenge, and it's a penalty to Wales, and Bale, of course, buries it, as you would expect Bale to do, uh, full power. There's no stopping that yeah, from absolutely. Matt Turner. Matt Turner he, even yeah. dived the right way, had a very good attempt at the save, and nothing he could do. And, and it's not it's not one where you're like, oh, well, he got a hand on it, he should, he should stop it. It's one where you say, well, he got a hand on it, but he's never stopping it, of course. Um, but, I mean, tell me about it. Walker Zimmerman can't be making these types of mistakes in the biggest moment of his career. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, I think... It could have either happened to either center back, really. Right, but right, right. Both of them have just had moments, even with their clubs, where they're just making some stupid defensive decisions. And I even up until that point, there were times where no one would be stepping on a player, and mm -hmm. we'd be like, "What's going on?" And then they'd rush right. at them. And it's like, no, you need to be right. with the rhythm of the game. You need to be following your player. You need to understand where players are because when that chaos sets in, you need to know what you need to do. And so Walker yeah. gets panicked in that kind of World Cup atmosphere, charges right through Bell mm -hmm. off a touch that, honestly, Bell wasn't even – he didn't even really have it controlled. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. probably wasn't turning around and getting a shot on. You just stay in front of him. Nothing really happens there. But instead, they get a penalty converted. 
but we do have to talk about the substitutions, Aubie, because uh, these were some interesting substitutions from Greg Berhalter. Used all five of them uh, in this game. Uh, we don't necessarily need the tactics board anymore, but t talk to me uh, about the substitutions that Greg Berhalter made and what you thought of them. Uh, well, there's the first one coming in the 66th minute, Brendan Aronson coming on for Weston McKinney. I think we both thought this was the right change that needed to be made. Right, yeah. Um, Wes was gassed. Yeah. yeah. But it should have happened way earlier. Yeah, well, it should have. It should have, uh, yeah, as we were been talking about, that was um, made it more difficult for the U.S. to control the midfield in the second half because Wes got a little gassed, then Musa got a little gassed. But, yeah. And that happens 21 minutes into a half that we've been dominated in. It just needs to happen earlier. Absolutely does. Um, but overall, the right decision to bring Aronson on for McKinney. Sure. We can move on to the next ones that were in the 74th minute. DeAndre Yedlin coming in for Serginho Dest. Dest did look a bit tired. Uh, he's more there for the attack anyway. So it's the right decision to bring Dest off. However, Yedlin's not going to help us that much. Right. And so I think it would have been better to bring Joe Scali on there, who's been an experienced defender in the Bundesliga. Provides that, was a lot one, more. that was at 1-0, right? Yes. So you want a more defensive uh, right back. Scali's a left back, but he is right-footed, right? right. So right. he can he can fill in that right spot, right back spot, excuse me, and he's more defensively solid than both Dest and Yedlin, in my opinion. So you put him there when you're up 1-0, maybe he can be a little bit more defensively solid than yeah. Yedlin. Um, uh, of course, it, it then became 1-1, and maybe you want Yedlin on then to go forward. So in the end, maybe it was helpful, but maybe you don't concede. Who, who knows? Um with with Scali on there right and then uh Haji Wright comes on for Josh Sargent yeah I think that was a good decision Sargent played a good game but also we happen to be more sending balls long instead of the combination play that resulted on our first half goal mm -hmm. so we wanted to bring Haji on I know you had some thoughts about Haji right before. yeah well because we were talking about it right when we were watching obviously we watched the game together but I I was saying to you when he comes on is I don't get to watch him much in Turkey. I, you probably not too much either. And I was wondering how good his hold-up play really is um, because we see his highlights of his goals and, and that. But how good is his hold-up play because that's what we needed at, at that moment is the hold-up play. And I think that we saw immediately, right, that he has that in his bag. Yeah, absolutely. His first touch being off on that Turner ball all the way down the field, controls it with his chest, plays it out to Pulisic on the wing. It's exactly what we needed. So... I would say that was a pretty good decision. Mm -hmm. And then the last one is Calvin Acosta for Yunus Musa, which I understand the decision to bring uh, Acosta yeah. on, to bring him into a double pivot right. with Tyler Adams. Yeah, yeah, just the, the double pivot being, of course, here's the midfield three normally. It's Adams here as the defensive midfielder, what we call a six, and then two eights uh, being Weston and Yunus Musa, of course. Um, but when Acosta comes on, he is a six or a, a defensive eight, so it becomes, uh, instead of the single pivot, the double pivot, this triangle here flips upside down, and so you have a very defensive uh, formation rather than a, an offensive one, which is good when you're trying to defend, hold on to a lead, but when you're trying to find a goal, not so much. Uh, who did you think should have came on uh, in that position, maybe? Well, I, I would think it would have to be Gio Reyna. Um, yeah. Just... I understand wanting to have a double pivot, but we're only 1-0 up. We want a second goal, and especially when you have Wells playing this direct style, mm -hmm. punish them for that. That's right. why you earned that goal in the first place is make them open up and then create, 
when you bring Brendan on, he can combine really well with Gio. Mm-hmm. You bring those two on with Tyler providing some defensive coverage. Tyler covers a lot of ground. So oh, oh, go look at his have... highlight. Go watch if you want to re. If anybody's gonna rewatch the game, or if you want to make a highlight reel, go put one together of what Tyler Adams did today. He was all over the pitch, um, as you say. But yeah, Gio Reyna, he is an attacking uh, midfielder. He can play on the wing, obviously, but he is extremely dangerous. And uh, I wish that we would have seen him uh, on the pitch. Uh, in I love Kellen Costa, and I think. Uh, what he can provide in a certain moment is fantastic, but I think we needed Gio Reyna in that moment um, to, to provide something going forward. Uh, and especially after the goal went in, we needed him on the pitch, and he was nowhere to be found. Um, but obviously that puts us in a precarious position going forward because a win would have been huge uh, in terms of getting qualification, I think. Something like 87% or sometime when you when you win your first match, you qualify. Um, but when you win, when you draw not uh, as likely right right and then one more thing to go over one more sub oh yeah 88th minute oh which, yeah, why yeah. Is it happening i block it out of my mind because i don't want to talk about it it's, <laughs> it's just it's jordan just morris coming on for timothy way yeah. timothy way one of the most arguably impactful players of the game scoring our goal and then you have jordan morris who absolutely shouldn't even be here he's the 26th name on that roster um and should have been the fifty fourth name on that roster. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> but yeah, no. As you're, I mean, the two, the two wingers are very good. Pulisic and, and Wayo were both. So if you're bringing on a winger, first of all, it needs to be Gio Reyna. But second of all, uh, it cannot be Jordan Morris. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, nothing more needs to be said about that. You should not be bringing Jordan Morris on, especially in that type of massive, massive moment. As I say, because we needed that win. Um, because now going forward, um, it's just poses a lot more difficult of a road for the U.S. because now it's basically racing against Wales to see who can get the better results against the other two. Obviously, you expect a loss against England, and you expect a win against Iran for both the U.S. and Wales. So uh, will it come down to goal difference? Very possible, and you don't really want that. So not being able to find this win is really unfortunate for the United States. But uh, to me, it ended up being the fair result because I think the U.S. dominated the first half. We're clearly the better side. Wales were clearly the better side in the second half, as we've shown you uh, on the tactics board why that happened. Um, but that that is how it played out. So I think a fair result, um, but one that puts both countries in a precarious position mm-hmm. and a nervous one for all of their fans. Yeah, and we have the stat here that the USMNT has advanced in all five of its World Cups in which it's avoided defeat in its opening match and it's failed to advance the five world cups where it was defeated in our opening match so that's encouraging it's encouraging but as we just discussed it's a very precarious situation we have ourselves in and so it's more of will this be the exception or yeah break that exactly well 10 world cups and and uh the trend says we'll qualify for the knockouts hopefully that trend uh continues it will be a, a big one against England on Friday, 1 a.m. East, uh, East or 1 a.m. 1 p.m. Eastern time, 11 a.m. That's why I say 11 a.m. on the West Coast uh, for all of us on Friday. Definitely a huge game for the United States that they can even get one point out of that game versus England. It could go a massive, massive way to qualifying. Definitely check that one out. We will. Um, be covering that and have videos after it go follow us on social media to get all the information before the game as i said i'll be able to tell you what's going to happen uh before the game uh as he did in this match but of course uh like and subscribe it really really helps us out and we will see you next time